<laughs> a lot of pressure, man. Yeah, it is. Evil. Evil. Not our real names. Nailed it. much man because I, I hate to listen to my voice you yeah know? your impressions are great but... and you must not stop doing them <laughs> write us at a little independent podcast.com and tell ryan not to stop impressions please this please this won't be on will it yeah this is going this we're is, on the polygraph is on. oh my gosh i am so excited i'm just gonna get into it i'm so excited for this episode yeah who are we what are we we're a little independent. Down, down, down. Didn't we just come in out of the song? We did. Down, Welcome. Down, down, down. <laughs> two little independent podcasts, the podcast where two friends talk about independent, obscure, just plain weird movies. My name is Ryan. And I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> I'm really sorry to have broke the chi of our intro, but I... No, no, I your excitement, your giddiness. This. Because this is, uh, for those of you who listen, and we thank you for it, um, Todd has been pulling a long game on me, uh, the past few episodes that I did not know about. And this episode is, is his, it's, it's a master stroke what he's done <laughs> and it's been really cool. I didn't, I didn't put together what he had done, uh, but we did suss out, this is episode 31, uh, and it is St. Patrick's day. Yes. Shamrocks abound, I, I, and, and I neither one of us shit. wore green. We are I in uniform. I really do not <laughs> think about this holiday at all. No disrespect to anybody who loves it, but, uh, you know, in Chicago, they dye the river green and all that, and I, it was usually a Tuesday, and I just looked at those people like, y'all took off work to stand so, in the cold what, for this? What movie was that? Was that Fugitive? Or was oh, it Code Fugitive. of Silence? Or is Fugitive. it in both? Oh. Is it in Code of Silence, Definitively too? in The Fugitive. Yeah, okay. Uh, but the Chuck Norris classic going back a bit. code of sight. You know, what's funny is at work, um, you know, I try to do these funny things every once in a while. I used to do it at the resort and, and I, I do it, uh, at loom and, uh, and I, I, I did Chuck Norris facts and I didn't know if they'd land, but it was like, kind of funny that like in a morning meeting yeah, or, yeah, and, yeah. and, and there were some laughs, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> Did you but tell him about the genes? It, Did you tell him about his own genes where you could line, kick people no, in the head? And, and I, 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 that's getting me remembering Code of Silence. Yeah. And that had, like, wasn't it Dennis Franz? Like, the, the, all the Chicago actors. Yeah, Chicago cop actors. Yeah, and yeah. I think we've talked about this on this we, podcast before. We did bring it up oh once gosh, before, okay. yeah. Well, uh, looking forward, uh, <laughs> we're talking about a film uh, um, coming off of the last episode, which um, not a lot of similarities, so I guess we're jumping polarity here. Nothing to yeah. The, the trilogy, the trilogy is my last. The trilogy, yeah, your last. I, yeah, I should have said your... nothing to do with mine. Uh, but every once in a while, our episodes kind of organically link yeah, up in weird ways. The Emilio Estevez yeah, right. duet we did <laughs> right. was pretty cool. Uh, um, but this week's film is The Bad Batch from 2016. Not to be confused with a couple of other titles, uh, specifically uh, The Bad Batch, the Disney cartoon, which is actually quite good, uh, to be honest. And 
not a current sponsor of this podcast, I think. Didn't Star Wars keeps popping up when you yeah, try to Google one. it? It's the the Bad Batch. Oh, um, you said I didn't say Star oh, Wars. Star, Disney owns Star yeah. Wars, so <laughs> I, I get it. And um, <laughs> there's another movie called The Bad Batch about some college kids who try to eat. Do you know this? No. Oh, they, they try to eat the the world's biggest pot brownie or something. I was going to say it has to be drug related, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, because. So you're nodding because it fits yeah. in with everything that we've been right. talking about. <laughs> so, if we're weaving themes of yours, yeah, you, you are. You definitely are. You, you create a, a unique picture and a consistent picture in some way, and I think people catching on to. I don't. I don't know if people can like pick our films out of out of a hat, like who did what. Um, well, but that it might would be, be fun. easier for you than me yeah. thus far. Well, I don't know. Zombiebers would definitely be a giveaway. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but at this point, with you, who knows? I mean, I wouldn't I do be jump surprised around. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Trailer Park Jesus. You flipped the switch. You changed the game for me. Yeah, I had to. I you know I it, couldn't be the and same. I think I said it on that episode, and I'll say it now. I, that changed it. I, I, I'm like, I don't know you. <laughs> you did it. You goddamn magnificent bastard. You did it. And, I read uh, that your was cool. book. <laughs> yeah. um, but this one, uh, you and I had talked kind of organically about this director based on another movie. Yeah. Yeah. So um, do we want to talk about the trilogy first or her, oh, no, her first film? And, what do you and think? At this point, I'll just say this is The Bad Batch. The film description uh, is in a desert dystopia, a young woman is kidnapped by cannibals. Yeah. You think that's a good description? It's a good start. That is a good start. I will say. Dot, dot, dot. As I was discussing this this morning with my son. What? <laughs> Can't. Cannibal. The, the look of <laughs> parental distress on your face towards me. What is wrong I with you? Exactly. What I, I should have continued. I should have spoken. Uh, I should have continued. Um, I was just reading the description because um, he was asking me what I was working on. And I said it. And he said, why were they kidnapped by camels? And why wasn't he in school? He's sick. Okay. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> See the parental. The, uh, the, the parental. Uh, he's homeschooled because our current system is uh, not trustworthy, and I, I don't. I don't subscribe to the Illuminati who runs everything. And they. Uh, no, he is sick, and I, I said in I, I said the film description, and he heard camels, and he was legitimately confused and, and excited, as in like, Dad, can I watch this? Because everyone, you know, I'll talk about these movies, and yeah. he'll always ask, and I'll say inexorably no um and i said no not camels cannibals son um so that was a fine parental moment for me today and that's that's i can see i can picture uh, this director's previous movie which i had seen and i didn't know you had seen links this one well i discovered it the first movie just by what you know picking the bad batch to to round off my trilogy which we'll cover a little bit later um a girl walks home alone at night, and it's a black and white film in 2014 by the same writer director Anna Lily Amapour. Um, she's Iranian, so I hope I didn't uh, butcher that too bad. But uh, first, I wanted to do a double feature because it tied so much into the Bad Batch. For oh me. yeah, did you like but, on the? But it would have been but too long. We're just gonna simply do the normal ones. Are what enough. we think are. Our impressions of her first film. So imagine you do your first feature film and 
you know, you, you got aspirations to do more and you hope it does well and you're a writer director. And, uh, so she ends up in Sundance and, um, winning an award in Sundance for it. And it's highly critically acclaimed. Now, a lot of people don't like it cause it's an artsy film. So my, my take on it, this is what I wrote, creative, unique, stylish, and the music just was very compelling throughout that first throughout that first movie. Yeah. Well, so, and this one. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. And then, so I asked you on the phone, not knowing you had ever seen this before, yeah. I'm like, I just want, you know, we're just going to, I just want you to watch it and give me your impression. We're not going to do a full double feature. And yeah. you're like, this is what you spit out. <laughs> and I you go, wrote it down? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. And I quote, I'm going to use a, when I say the word blank, I don't want to give the genre away of this movie because I want it to be a surprise for those who have never seen it before. It would be like going, watching The Red Wedding and, and knowing it's already going to happen. That was a little- The Red Wedding? That might have been a little too over Is the that top. specific enough? That might have been a little too much. That, from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. But does, it, it ruins it if you know- you know, knows. there you could know be what's some kind happen. of red wedding thing on TikTok, and I'm not aware. Oh yeah, I could have done some weird porn thing too. Not in that space. It. Yes. So Game of Thrones. All times. right. So here, here's Ryan's direct response, immediate response. It might have been the best blank flick of all time. It's on my list. That was your quote. You just spit that right out. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I don't have to have you watch it and give me your impression because you just did. Yeah, I, I really like that, and I forget how I saw it. And I want to say it was a Netflix DVD situation. Oh, really? If, if that timing line, they up. mailed it to you. Yeah. So, you know, at that time I was still doing, I, I mean, I was still doing that up until a little while ago, actually. So, yeah. um, so I believe that that was I, it. I and, still have your last one, yeah, so you yeah, can't you do, do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I got, you know what? If I sent that back, I might end up being the king of Netflix somehow. Like, you know, they may do like a social media story on me because this one guy, like the last blockbuster, found this, dusted it the fuck off and sent it to us. Yep. Social media team, get on it. And they've written off those 100 million DVDs a long time ago. They all sound like Rip Torn over there (laughs) at Netflix. But um, it was one that in a lot of movies that in, in another one, I like I discussed with you last night, I found that way just on the DVDs and have stuck with me. And we I've done on this podcast and we'll probably continue to do for a little while longer. Um, and I just really liked it. And it wasn't because it because it was a, you know, black and white. And a lot of people say that's a, a crutch for new directors to just do black and white because it automatically makes it unique or edgy. It was just a cool story, and I liked. I really liked the lead performance a lot. Um, I think she was super compelling. Okay. Um, I like how it was directed. I like how it was shot, yeah. and the music. And yeah. I'll say it about this it's this week's thing. movie too. Yeah. Music, goddamn. Yeah. A mix like I've never seen before. And you know, a blessing for this is that this director does a shitload of interviews. So when you go on YouTube, you're going to find. All kinds of interviews on this movie and Bad Batch. Um, I'm sure on the next Super one that's coming out, she's got one coming out um, next month with uh, Kate Hudson starring. So um, you get to you can learn a lot about her, and um, I just say she's got great instincts. You know, great gut feel. You don't know what else this director has coming up. Yeah, 
I do. Oh, and and from the look on your face, I know that you do too. I was I knew I wouldn't be able to surprise you with it because you would do you the are, research. We're we're but not surprising each this other is the anymore. A, this is the apex of this episode. Is is what she has in. Uh, pre-production but it ties directly into the bad batch the reason she's able to do this yes, movie it does <laughs> we're not we're not surprised i i have to hustle a little bit harder i you think you gotta dig deeper <clears throat> man you gotta we're we're, we're metal detecting but we yes, have we are we have good shovels now we're yes we're deep <laughs> well this uh this week's film uh again entitled the bad batch uh, mentioned the description and it is uh billed as an action horror mystery what do you think about that? Ooh. Mystery? I actually hadn't, because, you know, my, my week and timing has been really uh -huh. to the second, and more about that offline, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> I, I didn't ponder that until now. And I honestly, I, I do have some thoughts and questions for you about this film upon viewing it a second time. Okay. So throwing mystery into the description, I think, is a good fallback. If you think about it, yeah, what's what? Because it's, it's if anybody a, like a, has a problem with your movie, you're like, it's a mystery. It's like a WTF, yeah. you know? Because there's a few of those moments. But in I, here. There, I think there's certainly action. There's certainly horror. Certainly horror. And I, 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 I might put horror first. Yeah. Well, what would you put Mad Max Fury Road? Well, and then I, I will say, I, and this was, you know, I go off IMDb, but I, a couple of other sites put romance in there. Yeah. Well, and she... And I kind of agree, too, in a weird, yeah. weird way. In both her movies. Yes. Oh, yeah. In the first two. For, she yeah. describes them as fairy tales, and then she puts a dark fairy tale, I think, in some other exactly. interviews. And I think... That is very succinct in what they are. They're they're dark fairy tales. Yes. Because of the endings. But this movie, and I'll just say it right now, very sexual. Oh. Overtly. Too much feet? Oh. Too many feet? I would I did, didn't even consider that. I mean wait, like wait, would you know on a foot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, there were there were feet. And and I'm typically Repulsed by the idea of apocalypse feet because foot care has long gone out the window. Yeah. And that's some nasty looking shit. So I'm typically not looking towards apocalypse feet, but I will say in general, this group of apocalypse people, and we'll get into what the hell's going on in the movie later. Yeah. Um, dirty clean. So they don't look super dirty to me. All right. So then I have a, I have a question. Once upon a time in Hollywood, Sharon Tate's movie theater feet. Yes, dirty. Those were dirty. Those but were you dirty. still. But I still think you like them. I that yeah that was cr close to the line. Okay, but, but not over it. But you're okay. Yeah. All um, right. Yeah. Margot Margot can. Well, she can't kinda, do any yeah, wrong. She, yeah, she is pretty, <laughs> pretty pristine. Um, and so that I mean I. So I, I didn't. I, I just think that overtly, and I I didn't pick it up the first time. And I'll I'll tell you, and I say it on the podcast all the time, that this podcast is the reason why I look at these movies the way I do, because it's much more fun to see these things the second time around. Yeah, you you always get more out of it. Yeah, and, and I, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good yeah, point. I, uh, if you're looking that way, the second time I watched a girl, um, walks home alone at night. Not confused yeah, with anything just else. Easier. For timing, <laughs> right? Um, 
I got a lot more out of it. I was seeing much more of the script. Like the first time, I thought it was just this wild film noir, yeah. stylish, stylishly cool, you know? I'm like, yep. you know, they would love this in Europe. But then the second time, I got a lot more out of it. I saw I saw the script much better. Absolutely. Uh, it uh, Well, uh, I did the, the starring kind of maybe a little differently, but I wanted to focus uh, about, you know, on some of the people that you don't know maybe as well. But it stars Suki Waterhouse as Arlen. Had you ever seen her in anything before? No, no. And this this goes to her her being the director, Anna Lily, her gut instinct. This is this girl's a model and she played a couple of small roles and then she gets cast. She cast her as her lead in her movie with three A list movie stars as her yeah. backup. Discovered uh, at age 16 in a pub in London. So this gal is uh, British. Discovered in, as in the modeling? Yeah, or by Burberry. Okay, because... I just thought that was funny. She was discovered at age 16 by Burberry in a bar. So, like, you know, that's, that's a weird right situation. right over my head, yeah. <laughs> like, the Burberry people are like, here's where we're finding our people. Yeah. Underage. Yeah. Nice. For- and I know she did like Forever Twenty One and stuff like yeah, so that. So she, I mean, the biggest thing she's in, she's in the second movie in that Divergent series. Uh-huh. And I think we've said it here before. I, I've never seen any of those, uh, but that's pretty big. Uh, she's got an early film that looks interesting. Two thousand twelve film called Pusher. Have you seen Pusher? No. Looks really really cool. It she's... stars um, a character actor named Richard Coyle who I really like, and, and he's in a bunch of stuff, but he's also in A Good Year, a movie that you like. He plays Amos. I love Amos, that movie. Can Amos, we say it again? A Good, a good year. year. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, uh, he, he's also in The Prince of Persia. Uh, she's also in, Suki Waterhouse is also in Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, which is a book that I've read. Uh, I've not seen the movie <laughs> version, which is weird for me. Yeah. Uh, she's also in the Absolutely Fabulous movie. Did you ever watch Absolutely Fabulous, the TV show? Ab Fab? No. It, I love that show. I do not know if you would. I'll be honest. I mean, you know, we're about laying down the truth in this podcast and everything. But... <laughs> Because we're real with each other, but I, I don't know if you'd like it. Is now we're wearing our corporate polos. It's, it's these two <laughs> alcoholic British, you know, early 40s women. Yeah. And they're just fantastic and they're a mess and it's hilarious. Okay. And it's a great TV show. I, I can't remember how we ever watched it. Um, and they, there was a movie and the movie was great too, but she was in the movie. Uh, she's also in a movie that looks kind of cool um, called Killers Anonymous. With Gary Oldman. Yeah. This is after Bad Batch? Yes. Killers of, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. before Bad Batch, she just had, she did do that Pride and Prejudice, which I thought was her biggest role because she was one of the five sisters. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still a minor role. Mm-hmm. And then now she's got to head this whole movie with this A-list cast yeah. behind her. Super cool. Um, and Killers Anonymous really it looks awesome. Uh, it's a movie about uh, a support group for killers. Um, which is interesting because I watched that movie Vicious Fun recently, which was the same thing. So I'm kind of wondering if that Vicious Fun didn't uh, it's a cool borrow premise. a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's super fun <laughs> premise. Uh, and, and she's got something in development called Dolly Land. And it stars Sir Ben Kingsley as an aging Salvador Dolly. Fucking A. How crazy is that? She, like She went from um, what, but five what, years. <laughs> but what's notable about that? 
One, how have we not maybe seen a Dolly, a Salvador Dolly movie yet? But it's being directed by Mary Heron, who directed one of my favorite movies, oh. American Psycho. Yes. Mr. Pat Bateman. So she is she... returning videotapes. <laughs> so she's got a movie with Ben Kingsley now, sir. It's sir. Yeah, and it's she's in, from Yes, yeah, London. proper I was like a motherfucker on proper. <laughs> sir Ben Kingsley, yeah. I'll give you that shit. You earned it, man. God damn. And that just Every time I hear, I think his name, I want to watch Sneakers immediately. I want to cancel everything I have to do and watch Sneakers. I love that movie. Uh, second, not, uh, well, kind of second build, but I'm, I, I wanted to, to talk about Jada Fink, who is billed as Honey, and she's the little girl, and she is fantastic in this. Yeah, she, she plays a stone face zombie, really. <laughs> yeah, and clearly stunted born in this place, clearly yeah. stunted emotionally, and... Ex- Perfect. in this perfect way to describe it that was one that was great um and the only other thing that i she was in a, a short film in 2015 called under the bed uh which is about a kid burying her childhood doll and it seems kind of spooky creepy Ugh. um so nothing else but um jada fink uh is she's just tremendous in this uh not third build but i wanted to uh call out yolanda ross as maria she was uh, i think Cunny's mom yeah uh, That's how I took it. Had you seen her in anything before? No, I hadn't either. She, um, she, she, she was in that movie. I'm not there uh, about uh, Bob Dylan, where different people played Bob Dylan. Okay, I did not see that. Uh, she's in a movie called Choke, which I really love. Do you know Choke? You told me about it. Did I watch it? I think I watched it's it. It's from uh, Chuck, and I, I don't know if I say his last name right, but Chuck Palahniuk, who wrote Fight Club. It's from a book of his, yeah. and it's just as fucked up and crazy. Who else did we have? Sam Rockwell is in it. Uh, medieval reenactment people is kind of the setting. But she's in that. Uh, she plays cute teacher. Uh, she's best known for IMDb, a uh, TV show called The Chai or The Chi. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that right. Uh, the Get Down. And she was best known for a movie called Antoine Fisher. Do you remember Antoine Fisher? I do remember Denzel that. Denzel Washington, yeah. naval movie. Really, really good movie. Yeah. I like that. Which is pretty cool. Um, and then it also stars a couple of people, uh, Jason Momoa, a little indie actor I think you know, Jim Carrey, Keanu Reeves, and my standout of all of the, you know, what people could call cameos, because people have just called these cameos, uh, but my favorite of all of them, Giovanni Ribisi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? He makes a hell of an intro when he whips I that tarp up. Love this guy, <laughs> um, and we'll get there uh, yeah. when we talk about that fella. Um, but um, so all those big names you just named in a row, you know, four of them in a row, all those male supporting actors. Um, she got on board from her from her first black and white film. I know I keep repeating it, but I just want that to sink in. For any filmmakers or aspiring filmmakers or any of us that haven't made it yet, <laughs> there's a lot of speculation in in, yeah, in the reviews um, about like how they got these people and who owed a favor and oh you know, she she tells you in her interviews it, it's 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 fascinating so people should just kind of look around a little bit maybe sometimes before commenting on things like yeah, that yeah she yeah it was earned <laughs> but um, so written and directed by Anna Lily. Uh, Amarpour, uh, who best known for, obviously, A Girl Walks Home at Night, 
which is based on a 2011 short film. Uh, she's done some TV. Uh, Legion, I know. I've heard of that show, Castle Rock, which is that uh, show that's aligned with Stephen King, which I just love Stephen King. I, don't, I do not know why we're not watching that show. Yeah. I'll have to uh, think about that. Uh, the Twilight Zone. Um, and then you mentioned that movie, Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon, uh, which is the one with Kate Hudson. And then the only thing we should probably talk about is she is... For, for the next two hours. And hopefully, yeah, she is directing a remake of the Sylvester Stallone. And I, I'm telling you, classic. I fucking love this movie. Cliffhanger. <laughs> what was your reaction when you read it? Ah. Uh. I wish I had known about that ahead of this movie, how like just sexual it is. It would have been just a, just a night for me. <laughs> Christ. So, so well, yeah. Anna, Anna Lily Ryan thanks you for his, uh, for I, his uh, self date. <laughs> it, I mean, that's, that's, it's one of those things where I initially thought, why you know don't mess with the classic and it is a classic that's to me. what i was afraid of but, you were going to be upset why not you know it's 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 a it's a fun story right mm -hmm. you know uh, thieves trying to recover money on a mountain you have to use yeah these unsuspecting people who have these unique talents so that you know what fine yeah. you know up to it's it's you know i was it kind of made me redefine what when i say a classic and not making that word so weighty it's a classic don't touch a classic and yeah. that would have been my first reaction initially but no i fuck yeah remake it yeah and another thing is momoa is a rock climber and he's attached to it yeah he he um this was in uh one of the interviews i'm kind of cool with that but he, he's a rock he's a legit rock climber so it's gonna and, work and that's a movie where you're gonna have fun with casting the michael rooker character this guy baby who's gonna, gonna have play? a ton of fun <laughs> and a fucking difficult time yeah. casting i mean Lithgow's villain in Cliffhanger is so just buttery and sweet over the top. I mean, it's, oh, it's delicious. It's so good. <laughs> so over the top. He's affecting the sort of British accent and we need insulin. Would you have thought of that? Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, um, this podcast will be 17 hours long and I... Hang in there with don't us. Don't care. If you don't. Um, we, we totally understand. Um, the tagline, no tagline. I, I could not find a tagline at all. Okay. Which is not uncommon, I think, for, uh, you know, confident directors. or I, You know, it, actually, I wonder, what does it take? Because, you know, marketing and everything, they have to be probably all about as much that you can hashtag and as much as you can push out as possible. Yeah. So I wonder maybe what it takes. And well, Netflix, if you know, it let up. us know, but you know, what does it take to say, no, no tagline, just the bad batch. Yeah. That's a good point. I, w I don't know if it had anything to do with Netflix picking it up or not, but, but it could have been, I mean, the tagline could have been, we ain't good. We're bad. That was his Keanu imitation for those. I don't in the think I was. Those Maybe the towards the end a <laughs> little bit. You were trying to. <laughs> Maybe you, you were. Yeah, I think you switched Maybe over halfway. Yeah, bit. you Steve went. Fuck. <laughs> um, the budget uh, six million dollars, oh. which is not huge, huge, huge. No, and I didn't. Thank you for that. I did not find that. That's not monstrous. I mean, if you think about you know what it takes to make a movie. Well, when you pay Jim Carrey and 
Keanu Reeves and Jason Momoa, you got 200,000 left. Jesus, no, not even. I mean, so obviously <laughs> they, uh, they, they took some uh, uh, big hits in order to do this film. Uh, U.S. gross 180,000, worldwide gross 201,000. Um, and again, we don't say that as a measure of success. It's just kind of interesting to see. It must have been released theatrically at some point. One hour and 58 minutes. Yep. Full on two hour movie. It, it was a little much for me last night. Yeah. I don't know why. And I'm not saying because, you know, we've talked about this and I, other podcasts I'm listening to talk about two hours is too much and they're getting overtired. And I was trending that way yeah. for a little bit. And I don't think I'm there, but I did take a break. I, I took a little, uh, a little medicine break in the middle. Um, at, at the middle of the film where they have their, yeah. they have their medicine break. I actually, and I thought that was not Pavlovian in any way. Um, but I, um, I'm salivating over here. <laughs> I, <laughs> Look how highbrow we are, huh? Oh yeah, it, it's it, it's the shirts. But it, in and again, a lot of the criticisms about the film is it's long, boring, and stupid. That's those are the, just the big three. Yeah, um, it's and, not for everybody. But I oh I just I had a blast, and I'm so glad I watched it. But for that runtime, uh-huh. I I remember thinking they could have cut this. Yeah, this scene's going on. Well, to be fair, you just worked a fifteen-hour day, your second in a uh, row. Yeah, I, I, I was, yeah, and then you came home and tired. had to watch the movie for the well podcast. Now <laughs> everything's falling apart, but it's all good. Here we are. <clears throat> um, but again, when it was done, and then as I'm reflecting on it and thinking about it, just so much came to light, and I really. But again, I do have some questions uh nominated for uh location prefer oh god i knew i was going to screw that up nominated for location professional of the year for dave conway at the california on location awards nice uh nominee for best cinematography at the international online cinema awards uh and winner special jury prize and nominee for best film at the 2016 venice film festival yeah great story with that so she she leaves venice to fly to toronto for the Toronto Film Festival, lands in Toronto, her phone rings and says you have to come back to Venice because she won the prize. So she flies back to Venice, accepts the prize, flies back to Toronto, and that's when she did this, the interview that I saw for <laughs> Miami. Yeah, yeah, man. Pretty uh, crazy. So we, we have a film that starts with, um, it's not opening voiceover, but it's or am I wrong? And, and again, I'm not as technically proficient uh, as far as kind of film and termo- terms, terminology rather. I try yeah. to merge those two words um, as I should be. But it's not an actual voiceover. You're hearing uh, a speaker or yeah, yeah, somebody prison, talking. Prison guard. Yeah, and that's what it. That's that's the vibe you're getting. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of telling you things. So I think you have to pay attention. Um, I watch with subtitles and. Did you and I and when I whenever I do these, I, I I should say I try to go back to the first time, so yeah. like I never seen I never saw it before. Yeah. So would you have been confused as to what was going on? No. You because know, like he, the, he, who, he, what's the U.S. inmate number or whatever? But I would so recommend like what's the USRCS. Yeah, I would recommend you pause right there and read the sign. You know, if you're talking about the the warning sign. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I, I have it on my phone. 
Yeah, because you you definitely want to read that to to set things up. So it's it's there there's there's people there's an organization talking. The Bad Batch is mentioned. If you're in Bad Batch zero zero five five eight five five through this, so they're painting a picture. Yeah. And what's the first thing you thought? Of? Did you think about anything at this point in the movie right now? It's a tough one because the first time I saw it was a while ago. Oh, you know, really? for my first impressions. But, yeah. Like this would probably stick out to you. Escape from New York. The whole the whole movie is you had that escape vibe for New York for I, me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I do not. I don't say that. A ba- I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily because the feel of it is totally different. Um, but I, that's that yeah. vibe. And I think Escape from New York kind of set the again a movie. I goddamn adore. <laughs> and again, every my my love for Kurt Russell is well known. So oh god, today's to his birthday. Oh my god, Kurt. I didn't know. I'm sorry. I saw it on the news this morning, along with uh, Nick, um, no, uh, Lowe? No. Oh, okay. Not Nick. The actor. Who who am I? What's his first name? Is it Nick? Nick. Nick. You went first name, actor, last name? The Breakfast, not Breakfast Club, but the Rat Pack or Brat Pack or whatever guy. Uh, Rob Lowe? Rob Lowe. Thank you. I knew Nick wasn't right. Wow. Nick Lowe Lowe. is a musician. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Help me now. shit. Your face was blowing up. <laughs> yes, because I, I felt like I, I like you were moving at a at a rate of speed, and and I wasn't there, and you know you were no, I was... synthetic, and you've arisen. You, you've become the dream, Todd. You've become the dream, and I'm you're. I can't enter the the dream unless you enter me. Life is the dream. Sexual, and I can't. I can't create anyway, life without entering anyway, you. Now we're what? trying to do bits. Look at us. <laughs> And the one so, thing that I sussed out is Bad Batch is a thing. There are numbers and Arlen May Johnson. Yes. So, and I, and, <laughs> and I like this. And you you're, you see some visuals I really like. You know, the triangle, for example, that morphs into that, that, that fence. It's totally impractical, but it looks really cool. Yeah. And so, essentially, she is, she is processed, sent through a gate, but you do not yeah. see any other person. You, you see nothing. Yeah. Give me your right ear or left ear or whatever yeah. it is. And the, the, the tattoo sounds I really liked. I yeah. lo- And it just made me want, because, you know, I, I love them. But I loved some of the sound design in this movie, that yeah. tattoo, starting with that. That oh, so great. Herbie and kicked out the gate, um, you know, very escape from New York, you know, just dropped off. You're the undesirables. This is where you go. Whatever happens, good luck. Yeah. Um, so that kind of... We'll just I'll just briefly say what the t- trilogy is since we talked about it. So two movies ago, I did Trailer Park Jesus, which was like a representation of like a current state that we're in um, of consumption and not really caring and this and that and that. And then the next movie was uh, Chloe and Theo, where an Inuit comes down and warns us to, gives us a warning about changing our ways or, you know, Bad things are coming if we don't, and then here we are, we, we, the un, the uncaring, non-attached society has come to this point, and there's poor Ireland kicked out the there gate. We are, and, and you know what? I've said it before. I say it again. Thank goodness for you, <laughs> what? keeping this, giving this what? podcast meaning, <laughs> truly celebrating these directors and writers, and. Uh, you know, making up for uh, all my bullshit. Well, if it I was if it if it wasn't for you, the there would never be a, a snicker, a laugh. There would never be any no, joy in this podcast. True. It would all be right. like this dry, 
But what I find is really interesting uh, between watching styles and how we watch things is when I got up last night to take a photo of the of my television, yeah, of that sign. Yeah. Jess says, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I'm taking a, a photo of the sign." And she's like, "What for?" And I said, "Well, you know, I think I might want to talk about it." Or, and she's like, "I don't care. Actually, it's more exciting if I don't know." And I was like, "Holy cow!" Yeah, you know, and I, I don't know if I I didn't do it the first time. So maybe this podcast is truly. So you were being the me. analytical one, and she was being the yeah, the yeah. loosey goosey. Like, I'm here for the ride. So yeah. sit your ass down. What's, <laughs> what the fuck's wrong? Take your medicine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and and that was that was really fascinating to me. Just the difference in how we approached it. Are we and, having an effect on her? Oh no no no! Watching I mean, I think she's okay. typically that way, and she's always smarter than me at figuring out if it's a whodunit. She's usually there. Uh, I usually never get there. And she does. So we, even without having to get up and look yeah. at that detail, that's just how her brain's wired at a better and higher level than but me. But you can pick out the adult never-ending story actor. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. There's my wonder twin power with my clearly superior wife. Um, oh, that was funny. And I just, I, I like a lot of these visuals, that wide shot of the fence. You know, her going in, you see a close-up of her bag, yeah. and there's a patch that says Texas. So um, that kind of makes up for her bizarre accent when she eventually decides to speak. Yeah, so they give her what? A sandwich, uh, a gallon of water. Yep. She's got a backpack. A backpack. And so she eats. And, you know, again, my thing, like my uh, hero Jason Manzoukas, gross eating sounds. And she's eating that sandwich. Oh, really? Uh, not skin of the wolf level bad because we have not. You know I was going there. Close yet. That is our benchmark. But this is like skin of the wolf minus two. Yeah. So, so that, skin of the wolf is our zero. Is that a gross you out sound or is that like an exciting Disgusting. sound? No. Oh, it's, I hate those. <laughs> go so ahead, I, go back and listen to it if you don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> go back and listen to the skin of the wolf episode and you'll hear my repulsion. Episode five. Yes, that's episode five. Um, I saw that this was a nasty one. So it was Skin of the Wolf, like minus two or minus three. Okay, so this, this is a runner up. It was pretty bad. And incidentally, both my movies, and yeah. you, you'd think I'm almost doing this on purpose, yeah. but I wish I could claim that, but no. I'm not. <laughs> and so she enters. What are all those things on the ground? Past the sign? Yeah, it, it almost like looked like white clumps plastic. of paper. But are they the water chugs? Either that or it's all those That's fine comfort said. papers. Like, maybe, uh, but they weren't moving or blowing no, right. around. Right. I thought the same thing. But there are it could be water jugs. There are some camera, you know, effects used, like in camera effects used throughout the film. Yeah. Not just in the tripping scene, but where you know the foreground is, sh- you know, moving. Yeah. But again, I was close to the screen because I was taking a fucking picture of it with my goddamn phone. It's like. Get your head out of the way. And she's like, maybe they're the jugs. And I'm, I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. Could be papers, not moving. <laughs> well, not. And I turned into an old timey prospector. <laughs> and, and the ridiculousness of what I was doing was setting in. So I sat down. But um, so I kind of <laughs> wondered what those were. But you do. She does pick up a flyer. And I just, all, all I saw was it was something about a dream, which was kind of interesting. And it says fine comfort. Yeah. And. That gets you intrigued, but she does come to a car and makes a questionable decision to me. She gets into the car. 
Well, it's hot, man. She's in the desert well, would, sun. Yeah, it's the only would, shade out yeah, there for maybe. miles. I, I would, would sit think in the, the car, car would be too. hotter at that time of day. Well, she left the door open. And she's getting out of the sun. She, she puts, puts a lipstick on. She puts a. She grabs yeah. a photo, um, which never comes back to being. It's a photo of her with some other girl. Yeah, it was a. It was a young boy. I thought so. I thought it was oh. either her brother or her boyfriend because she alludes to the tattoo later on the back of her neck being. Oh, I mean the being her first note. love, and he and was, and love. then he oh, okay. was a musician. I started laughing because yeah. we're both musicians. Yeah, D- dumb boys. And um, I, the one tattoo that really stood out to me was on her her arm that remained i couldn't what that, is it? it says suicide no shit yeah you were able to read that did you i stayed close right to in the, the middle screen. of the screen again? i sit close to the screen longer than i let out <laughs> you must piss her off when you watch him <laughs> you freeze it you get your face right up in the yeah. middle yeah. will you sit down and what i think is interesting is you know we didn't like the opening credits are just kind of unique and they're sporadic and at seven minutes and seven seconds in the movie you have the title card bam bad batch well I love when it cut to black there because it, she's being, she cuts from the car to just run and balls out. Well, not her, but that's, how do we, smiley, smiley, smiley face Use out? Your words, Todd. Yeah, Use okay. your words. Use your words. <laughs> well, she didn't have any balls anyway. Just um, to clarify, she's a she. She is. Yeah, Don't we're not, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no, this. there's no Jamie Gum surprise coming in this. She's not talking. Wait, wait, no talking. Wait. Um, Boy, we went left with that one. Holy <laughs> smokes. And then she's just running like crazy, and she's being chased by this a- ATV. Yeah. And and the first time I saw it, I thought it was a guy. And then leaps out of the ATV and tackles her, and then yeah. immediately this cuts to the, black. the fastest golf cart in the world. Yeah. And uh, the sound, again, sound design, I'll say again, in this scene, this it's crazy effective. Yeah. And it just, Bam title card and um so you were wondering um when jess might wonder if this was your movie or mine uh (laughs) at eight minute 13 she figured out it was you because she she thought she's like this is a todd movie woman bound and gagged okay so we're not out of the woods yet buddy oh oh we're not it it came (laughs) out well no, I, I, I honestly ca- think she I have completely to count said it as a joke because... I have to count them up how many because Russ Creek uh, still, I guess, would qualify. So she, she wakes up. Now, now you, if you didn't read the sign, you have no context. So, And I'm trying to operate, again, within the headspace of people who may have issue with this movie, too. So she wakes up underneath what looks like the frame of like the husk of the, the, the body of an aircraft. Like a major, like a like a major yeah. airliner, and what is with the airplane junkyards? Is this just it's what's a happened? real place in well, the I'd, real like, location for the location? In but slab town within the story. What the fuck? It's so like, it's what happened? This dystopian future that exists today is how she put it. So three hours from L.A., right? This place actually exists in the desert. Twenty thousand people live there. They all have their own communities set up. Ah, it's called okay. Slab Town, Bombay, Salton Sea area. Oh, I did read a little. It was all filmed like real there. Were and she's in the like, movie. "This is real. These yeah. these these locations are yeah okay." And the actual people were so in that that's, movie. That's fa- that's that's fairly fascinating because it is. if you don't know that, you're thinking, "What the fuck?" Right? Like, is this the apocalypse ended for some reason? Every airplane just fall out of the sky right there. 
and it's was one yard. of them an old timey or was it a junkyard that was there? It's just a lot of airplanes, which is cool for the set design. Um, and again, with sound design, with the ambient sound, yeah. you just hear the creaking when there's no music and it's still because this is the fucking desert. And that's what's neat about the aesthetic of the movie is you have these contrasts of these the the different kind of junkyards that feel small in a way. Right. Although they're very big. Yeah. Then you get to a shot of how big the desert is and that contrast is startling, which makes you think this is a prison, which is really cool. Yeah. And she said in an interview that she actually scouted all those the locations for a year, yeah. did film tests in each location with all the lenses that she was going to use. And uh, so, yeah, spent a lot of time and, yeah. and was able to successfully get that wonderful look. Now, I love how you took so long in describing all those minute details and completely ignoring that the shot is actually of Suki chained to the ground with her mouth gagged. <laughs> but yet you described. <laughs> I just assumed if they think it's Todd's movie, they're going to have a good photo in their Stop minds. It. There's a movie called The Way I Did. We should get t-shirts. We should make t-shirts. Like, <laughs> just a viewer's innocent, sweet face, just like, I swear, I'm up to good, or something. I don't know. You, you, so oh, she is... killing me. She wakes up. There's a, again, a dirty, clean, um, wastelandish person or whatever who's in a folding chair and gets up, gives her a shot in the arm, and from one of the most kind of most moist most moist and there we go i won't say that from one of the most kind of unique pov shots in a way yeah ground level her her right uh, arm and 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 right leg are taken from her and it's horribly graphic without being graphic i can't explain it any better than that it it's just artistic it's an amazing it's fucking nasty right again not but it's not gory, like not, a horror movie where they're yeah being super graphic it's the the sound the, the screaming sounds of the cutting the 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 way it's yeah. shot what and, do you think the shot was i didn't quite understand that you think it was just numbing the arm but she was clearly yeah, in pain right. she was and, screaming you know it, again you could there's a lot to question about this movie yes she should have stone cold died 1,000% bled out, died. No, no, but she, she I know, burned it with I the frying pan. They That's what they did in the Civil with the War, man. Pan. But they cauterized infection, it. everything else, she would have died. This movie they, wouldn't have, it would have happened, but in a different I way. I disagree. They, they went full Civil War, they cauterized the wounds, and they wrapped them in bandages so that their food would not get infected. And if, if we do have any young kids who listen to a little independent podcast. Turn it off. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, questionable choices on behalf of your parents, but that's fine. Um, the Civil War is really not a standard by which you should hold uh, sanitation and medical standards. Or the uh, Appalachia. Just FYI. <laughs> is this in the Appalachian? <laughs> but what I, f- I f- again, another example, and it's going to get so tiring, but I, but I guess I don't care. Uh, the use of music because I never realized one of the scariest things in the world is the sound of Ace of Bass. Because that Ace of Bass song, 
is the most eerie thing in the entirety of that yeah. scene. That that this, was the hardest song for me to understand. Sign, I, or, it wasn't I saw the sign. I forget what song it is, but you know. Oh, that she wants. Oh, isn't, isn't another, another baby? baby? That one. So she's getting her limbs sawed off to that song. Yeah, and I, I couldn't. I did, yeah. Nothing is scarier than Ace of Base. And then I will go right into, I'm going to call it the beefcake montage. Um, Muscle Beach. Yeah. Venice. Muscle so beach. we have the ninja song, which is a total departure from the previous music. And that's what's unique about this movie, because the mu- the music is so frenetic and schizophrenic. It's all over the place. You know, the, even the songs are all so different. Yeah. And that's what I think it works. It didn't she, bother me, but she actually has those songs picked out with her storyboards and yeah. sends them to the actors. So when they're reading the script, they listen to the music at the same time That's for that cool. scene. Yeah, pretty cool. So they go to Beefcake Land where it's just dudes with no shirts. And then I, I looked, you know, over at Jess. I'm like, happy now? Yeah. It's fucking beefcakes <laughs> everywhere. They're all glistening, looking good. I'm thinking everybody's fed. Everybody's doing good. Everybody's fine. Uh, Jason Momoa seems to be the leader. You get that feel, although it's never addressed. Can't really tell what's happening with him. But well, when you look at him, you're just like, okay, he could kill anybody he wants to. So, and we could get into these things ad nauseum, but to, to, in the interest of time, you know, you have these different pockets of where they're living. And some of it seems okay. It doesn't seem that dirty. It doesn't seem like, you know, usually I can smell dirtiness <laughs> through a movie. I've said that before on this podcast. They didn't look like they smelled that bad to me. Well, I don't know why, but just a weirdness. And I, I would liken it to Lawrence of Arabia, because in the desert, why do you like the desert? I like it because it's clean. There is something to that, and but you could say those arguably those people would just be filthy and nasty and disgusting. I mean, Jim Carrey is probably the the dirtiest of all. <laughs> he is, um, and maybe that was his choice. But um, so they have these different areas and. Um, she it, it cuts it cuts back to her escape and her escape is interesting because she decides again in a graphic scene yeah, to just without showing anything well no oh no we're talking about different things the shit no, scene where she where she yeah they just show her yeah that, well i mean taking a dump in a in a pan yeah and and, and, and then cut giant. to I mean, this is several weeks if she was blocked up it all came out it was a hell of a sandwich um if they are. So she just, just covered herself. Well, adrenaline will make that happen. Okay. But wow. And <laughs> again, I have a tough time with that kind of stuff. You're holding your stomach right now. <laughs> I don't like, you know, and I, I kind of got a little, like, I, I'd want to escape, Todd. I would want in that, ladies and gentlemen, all of you, I'd want to escape in that situation. I promise. I wouldn't do that. No. I'd it, stop there. And you notice there's a guy chained up with a missing leg watching yeah, her. Yeah, like, and there's bunches of them all over the yeah, place. Yeah. So I'm starting to put it together. They're they're gnawing on these people. Their food. Their, their, yeah. their food. Uh, which is odd because you find out there's other food sources available. So it's clearly a choice uh, in a way. I don't think they... Ha- and where they're at in uh, they got the bridge people. They got rabbits. They got well, that's in stuff. comfort. They got, they got other stuff. Where? It's a choice. In comfort. Go take that. <laughs> Go find take down rats. comfort. Go find some some desert animals, but um, so she she finds a way to escape by covering herself in feces. She has to be washed off, and she murders her attacker. 
Yeah. She's dead? That's a dead person? She's being drugged. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. She grabs a piece of rebar as she's being drugged away to be washed up. And then she hits her in the leg and then hits her in the head twice. And then she is gone. And she escapes on a skateboard, which skateboards figure prominently in the movie. I didn't get the symbolism. Um, yeah, they're in the, the DJ scene late, later when people are hooray with the skate. Yeah, the skateboard, skateboard city and in California. So all I'm thinking, she's on her back on the de- you know on the desert floor and this is a, a you know a length scene like this is one of those scenes you know they have her and she's scooting along she's got one leg she's got one arm and she's lopsided and it's just her scoot scoot i, I sound get it. effects i know but too know, slow an hour and 40 yeah feels a little hour 30 maybe well i will say most of her awards are in european countries this has got that feel to it. They are better than were us. They, were they patient. like, They're they accept patient. that. Yeah. That's true. No, and, and, and I'm just kind of speaking. But you're right. A lot of people are, I wrote much. that it was a slow burn, you know, because but, we like fast cuts. And all I'm thinking, the crows are showing up and no, oh, she's dead. And all, the only thing I can think is, who is the first weirdo she's going to meet in the wasteland? That's, oh, you were dead on. thing. You, wasteland weirdo <laughs> coming up. Like, that's how these movies go. You mentioned <laughs> Mad Max. It, so who's the first kook and nut, you know, she's going to uh, see. Oh, yep, yep. And Somebody's got to save her. And it's really cool the way that, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't go bad. It, you know, she's rescued in a way, yeah. I, I guess. By the hermit. Um, by somebody uh, in a shopping cart who deposits her in comfort, which is another little outcropping, a little town. It's a fortified city, fortified with uh, containers, yeah. shipping containers with... Uh, Uzis on, you know, people on standing on Uzis. And I noticed shopping cart guy again didn't look like he smelled that bad to me. No, nope. his Nike shoes. Should super we say bright who white. he is or no? Oh yeah, the, the, well, I mean, I'll tell you when I realized who it was, but okay. I did not realize it at this point. The first time I watched this movie, I didn't know. Yeah, I had to find out later. Oh, and he's called he's called the Hermit yeah. in the. The yeah, there's definitely some makeup happening and no discernible lines oh, of dialogue at teeth. all. Yeah. So, so and this th- is it, it cuts to five months later, which I don't know if that was necessary because it, it clearly time has passed and it's indicated by the fact that she's made something for her leg to help her walk. But yeah. I didn't kind of understand like why say five months later. Well, I think because it was such a shocking cut, jump cut. Yeah. You know, and she's all, she's got her own place. She's got a leg. She's got you know. And did you, how many signs in the background did you read? Oh. Did you read them all? No. I read most of them. So here's where I saw the first sign (laughs) that said, you can't enter the dream until the dream enters you. Oh. Is this the overtly sexual? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's interesting? (sighs) Wonderful take. Out of all the, the reviews that I read, nobody made any, even in a snarky way, parallels to The Matrix. And maybe... When I totally do it, um, it it's going to be the hackiest thing we do. And maybe I'll think the light of it uh, when we get there. But um, I just thought that that was kind of interesting. And so, again, you have another background. There's just kooky stuff. You know, the, the muscle place had kooky stuff everywhere, different mm-hmm. weird things. This place has different weird thing. Comfort has a stripper on a stripper pole. And, yep. uh, you know, a guy chained up over here and people in lounge chairs. Yeah. If we see she has a tattoos. prosthetic leg and she's walking normally. And then your favorite character actor is about yeah. to do his intro. 
Yeah, uh, right in front of a sign that says LSD slash massage comes a rambling <laughs> ram. I love how you got all of these. I think Noodle Lady was the only one I remember. Oh, the, the demon? Oh, yeah. my God. Give me the fucking noodles. Yeah, if, if, if Noodle Demon Lady is in a t-shirt, I, I don't know oh, what it is. Oh, that's a hashtag. Um, but I'll have the shit. t-shirts made, people. So the first screaming monster crazy person comes out. And he's, I, I will say, and probably to this the actor's credit, this was his choice. He looked dirty. He looked like he smelled bad. Oh, yeah. He was the first and one. He, that, he's batshit crazy. Yeah. And um, so it's, you have a, a rambling, rambling man. And did you, so do you know yeah. this actor very? I re, first time I ever saw him, I think was way back in the nineties on an episode of Friends. Like he was somebody's yeah, it's, younger it's, brother or something. And it took me a minute because he didn't, he didn't, I don't think he had makeup or prosthetics, but it's Giovanni fucking Rabisi, who again, I. That's his middle name, I folks. I love, yeah. <laughs> Weird choice, but you know, he's a movie star. And, and I, you know, I, and he's not, he's somebody who I think he's weird. He's, and I like him when he's weird and he should be talked about like Joaquin Phoenix, but he's not as high profile. I don't know why. I mean, he was an, he was an avatar for God's sakes. Yeah. And it's probably in the next, you know, eight of them that nobody probably gives a shit about that anybody's doing, but I love this guy. And one movie, it's a remake. I love him in, and it's flight of the Phoenix. Oh Yeah. Yeah. You've seen that? I have. And he is so great in that. But he's great as a weirdo. The, in the Ted movies. Oh, my God. I mean. Well, totally your favorite shit. one of all time. Your you know, favorite comedy. Yeah. 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 You haven't had sex yet? No. The million. So look at look at just even those movies. He's such a fucking chameleon. But he is a, I think, a legit just great weirdo. He, he is a great actor. And he's just screaming crazy and shit. what is he saying? I, Do you remember? I forgi- like, forgive one for- thing. He says something over. So and over. he keeps repeating, and I love this part. And I never, never saw it referenced in any of her interviews, but it definitely, for me, comes from City Slickers one. So he keeps Whoa. saying, "Okay, uh, Lay uh, one thing. What's the one thing?" You have to, you know. Oh, the if one you just thing. Do, okay. do the one thing. Oh, I didn't, you, no, not. I didn't yeah, he kept saying the one all. thing, which is what Curly says to that one thing. Yeah. And then she asks him, what's what's the one thing? And he says, that's what you have to figure that's, out for yourself, oh, which right. is exactly oh. what Curly says that's right. to wow. Billy Crystal. And Thank I'm like, you, City Slickers. fucking Just hey, man. Influencing yeah. these indie films. Well, Giovanni's character wants to get noodles and he doesn't have money. And he, he's like, you're a demon lady. You're a yeah. demon. And it's hilarious and amazing. And at this point, um, I'm in. <laughs> I, I see that and I'm in. Yep. And you're in and Jess is asleep, right? I'm really, I think, she, no, I did have to wake her up so she could see that because she loves him equally as well. <laughs> and he's great. And we cut kind of hard cut back to Jason Momoa, our character, who uh, I guess by merit of the huge tattoo on his chest, his name is Miami Man. Yep. And uh, we find out uh, about why. But he's in his airstream and he's painting his, who we find out is, I think, his daughter. And it's kind of a neat little intro. Yeah. He's know, painting because he's painting you've seen her. him before and he just looks like a tough, like, cholo in the prison yard. Yeah. Um, I, I, we, we have to, what's the accent? Oh, wow. So I saw, he did an interview at one of the festivals and he said that. I can't believe you have something for this. This was. And this is Jason Momoa saying, and he said this, the hardest thing he's ever done acting was having to learn the Cuban accent. Wow. 
And he apologized if he wasn't authentic enough, but he really spent a lot of time working on it. Okay. Well, enough said. I mean, you know, because he's just like, you know, a larger than life dude and what the sweetest. Because it, it was rough. It, yeah. it was rough. And, and to know that he apologized well, for it, but I don't think he'd ever have to do that. You can't understand him a lot of time without, it's, and, sub, and without again, the I, subtitles. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to ask you. You did? Oh, yeah. I had to, because he's hard to understand. I forgot that the first time, but it was distractingly bad. (laughs) But um, again, he he, he made up for it in facial things. He had some good faces. Even his eyebrows are like pointed. He just looks mean. He can draw on intensity pretty well. Yes, but he's got a softer side because he's painting a beautiful portrait of his daughter. And then juxtaposed with, again, the way this movie can take the most innocuous song and turn it into a goddamn horror show. Unbelievable. So Reservoir Dogs, maybe, kind of. That's a great point. Yeah, kind of a la. Inspiration for something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because I normally it wouldn't be affect you, but Momoa takes an old Walkman. Yes. Well, he leaves the trailer, right? So away from his daughter and it's night outside. So I'm thinking, okay, it must be dinner time. Yeah. He's got to go. He's got to yeah, go prepare dinner. This old Walkman <laughs> And the, the dulcet sounds of a song I am almost ashamed to say I like, The Culture Club's Karma Chameleon comes on. So do you think she picked that because he went from being the adoring father? No, I, I get that. To the, yeah, okay, did you get it, that too? It was too? so on the nose, but I didn't even want to. Well, not gonna, everybody's going to see that. I, They're going to be in shock that they're okay. hearing Boy George. Now I feel like it sounds pretentious the way I, I went oh. through that <laughs> regression. So yeah. fuck me. Yeah. Um, You're a little uppity there, Ryan. Yeah, What's going on? Sorry. <laughs> I don't like that about how that sounded. But, yeah, you know, in, maybe I was just too focused on, you know, one, that, and then juxtaposed with this, yeah. you know, typical college kid going, I can't do this again today. Please don't. Please don't. Please and don't. Whoever that actress was, was yeah, incredible. That was I mean, I was in, terrified yeah. for her. It was a horrifying scene. And he, you know, and again... This is a way that she builds tension because he, he, and, and to her credit, I think when Momoa's thinking, like in the standoff, the one of many standoffs he has, yeah. but in with Moped Guy, the longest standoff and the longest moment of thought I think ever captured on hey, film. She, she loves Christ. spaghetti westerns. I tell you, that's good, bad, and the ugly got all For over sure. it. For um, sure. But wow. And, he breaks her neck, and so now, now I have a question at this point. Yeah, was that an act of compassion? Um, I don't know what he had done before. I assume he cut her arm off. She was standing there with with her arm. I, I assume that there maybe was something else going on. And too. she said, "I can, oh look at you, you." Uh, this is the desert. It's the wasteland. I don't care how high his <laughs> pants are hiked up. He's a fiend. That was <laughs> he's doing the dirty stuff. Every time the wife's not around? Yeah. Okay. And, and I assumed, you know, it, okay, again, um, yeah, I glossed over the, you know, he, he did put the Walkman on, so he did not hear the screams. So well, then, yeah. you're setting a moral compass for him. I get it. But if you- I'm asking the question. It makes you think. But if you set aside apocalyptic wasteland, all bets are off. So that's interesting yeah. to me. I think he just went to go take a leg or an arm yeah. for dinner, and because she was- out of compassion, as weird as that sounds, he so, offed her, and and then the grossest butchering. Oh, I mean, you watch a lot sound? of oh, you watch a lot God. of Texas Chainsaw. This is yeah, your that is a huge yeah yeah. This is your thing, but yeah, that's did it, scraping, did it really scraping scraping, and then it cuts it, again. I 
aside from, yeah, you can't just hack off an arm and be gnawing on it five minutes later, which is kind of how it sometimes is, is presented. But they're all around a campfire. And I didn't peg them as a family necessarily because it was him and the daughter and a separate lady. And they're eating what you assume is human pe- you know, people. And she says, I'm sick of this shit. And she walks away. And I just thought that was just another person in their little tribe or clan or, or you know, whatever that they had. Yeah. And, and I didn't. I mean, maybe because I watched it a few times, but I don't remember yeah. the first time, but maybe the first time. But yeah, she is just just having one of those moments, you know, just sick of this shit and this but this life. Nobody at this point, and, and this is seems overly distressed. Nobody seems like they're looking to escape. They all seem pretty content. So that messes with you a little bit. You don't know yeah. how long this has been going on, what year it is. It doesn't say it's 2147, and it's never really grounded that way, Which it, so that keeps you on your heels. Right. Mystery, build as. Okay. <laughs> There's so the mystery. They end up in cutting to the girl and this woman now in the hazardous waste pile, which is a fascinating uh, element because they tee it up that this is a nasty bit of business. Yeah. And they have laundry baskets strapped to their backs and the lady slips. And all I can think of is like how many needles are under there. And oh, yeah. it brought yeah. me back to Saw 2 like immediately. Just because they weren't in hazmat. They didn't, they didn't duct tape themselves like <laughs> The Rock and Skyscraper. No decency to do any of that. They're just in the hazardous trash pile. Would raw be the right word? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Since you're going with the sexual theme? Nasty. But she takes a <laughs> spill, and this is where I'm kind of interested in how the our our lead, I think. Yeah, they, they. I think I know where you're going. They cut to her, to, to Arlen, at her, at her place, and she's looking through nudie magazines, and then she cuts out, like cuts the arm out of the magazine and then holds it up to her looking in the mirror to remind herself of what she looked like, you know, when she was whole and before. Right. And then she just gets angry, pulls out a gun, who knows. So one of the questions I have is she has her own place. She's got a prosthetic leg. She has a gun. Yeah. How did she pay for all this shit? Well, where did so, she get this stuff well, in comfort? Is we, she we, we a pole see, dancer like that other girl earning money? I mean, we, we never see how she... Here's the thing about the apocalypse or okay. a prison or whatever this may be. Do tell. If you look at the standard set in other movies, you know, commerce must happen. We never really see. It could be, you know, um, a... Well, in this film, we find out it's a barter system, which is what I believe. We find um, out she doesn't do puzzles. You have it. <laughs> You have it in, uh, you know, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. You know, that's barter town. Oh, that's kind of okay. what, what they've got going on. What does on. she have to you barter to get a gun? Different kinds of currency. Because, you know, you see Jim Carrey's character at one point burning money. Yeah. Like they do in Cliffhanger. Oh. Cost a fortune to heat this place. <laughs> Best line in that fucking movie. <laughs> We're now, this All is right. now a Cliffhanger and, and podcast. And Lily, you have to Hang save that line. Hang it up. Keep Hang that it line. Up. Goodbye, Bad Batch. This is now a Cliffhanger podcast. So Michael Rooker, I think, probably learned how to, I'm just kidding. So back to the your sexual innuendos that just hit me like the she has when yeah. she shows up in in comfort she has nothing to barter with yeah. but herself yeah i mean i didn't really think about they it they don't that way. show any of that she, but they're, they're it makes you wonder sh- they're trying to show her 
if that that she's um, that I, I think she doesn't feel helpless. You know, again, she does have a house, and when she confronts um, Honey and her mom. Uh, she's got the gun and the thing that really shocked me in this movie is that she shoots the mom you know the mom's really hurt you see it just for a minute it's not a super gory movie but man you can see the bone coming out of her shin yeah I don't like that stuff no 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 (laughs) no I don't watch MMA because the thought of them hitting shin bones makes me want to kill myself this might be your fourth weeby GB fifth oh yeah I've exposed a lot on this podcast and that's one of them so she that was startling to me and this is the first time we get a, a discernible real line of dialogue from our lead character 32 minutes in. And she says, she makes reference to bridge people and looks at the little girl and says, does your kid eat people? Or does your kid, or looks to the mom and says, does your kid eat people too? Yeah. Pretty intense. Yeah. And so the whole, the whole time. I think she says, do you make your kid eat people too? I, well, I. Something like I mean, that. Yeah. It's implied. And so is is she is this a good performance from her? Is it terrible? I that's the one thing I couldn't tell. Yeah. Was that a good accent? Knowing she's British, I'm not I don't know. Yeah, when you hear her talk, she's full on yeah. Kate Beckinsale, British, London. It, it just she was you know, her toughness and when she you know, I think you know, her when she doesn't speak, and that that sounds bad. Yeah. But maybe it's why she got the job, but I don't know. Like, she should be probably huge at this point, and you don't see much. Or maybe a COVID affected what, you know. Well, she she got, she sent a tape to Anna Lily. Anna Lily saw the tape, and her quote was, who the fuck is that? And then Suki yeah. went over to her house, and she said they just stared at each other and glared. Like, she, she just had this instinct, like, oh, that's my Arlen right there. Interesting. Yeah, so there well, you go. Either way, I think she did a good job, but it, I, I got a little confused when she started going, getting into that dialogue. And well, she, she says, "Yeah, I did that too. I and, begged and, and pleaded." And where I where I started to notice the little girl, because kid, you know, kid actors, you know, you know, you never can tell, is when she shoots the mom, and you don't see the bullet go in the mom, but the mom's on the ground. Yeah, does is it here? There's a little hole in the, in the head. head. Yeah, okay. you can so, see it, but it's not close up um, or shot or bleeding. I yeah. stood up for that one. I watched a lot of the movies standing up, actually looking at it. Now that I think about it, um, but <laughs> they, <clears throat> the girl sits down and has no reaction to this, other than to yeah. push her mom to try to see if she her mom's awake. She's been sheltered, I think, and doesn't know what yeah. death even she's is. She's clearly born here, so she was born in yeah. this and is an emotionally stunted. So that's bizarre. I mean, she, yeah. she's seeing horrible shit just all the time, and that's all she knows. And that was profound. I, I think that was pretty cool. And well, a great performance from the kid. Yeah, and she doesn't know what yeah. dad is because she's pushing her mom like yeah. to get her to wake up. And so that's Ar- heart-wrenching. Arlen takes the kid. It's like, you're mine now, and which is interesting because you think that's a burden or – I, I thought you were going to sell this kid, and she just didn't want to leave her there. She's the like, I, "I can't just leave her here. I have to take her back I to comfort." She was selling her for sure. You are yeah. terrible. Well, I've seen enough of these movies. She's not selling her. Well, I, she just stone cold killed her mother. I mean, like in front of her because the bridge people chopped her to bits and ate her. Oh yeah. So, so this, she had she, she had it. She was on a revenge mission, and she's handling, you know. Not, you know, not having those appendages <laughs> actually pretty well. 
getting too aggressive here, Ryan. You, you're bringing out the. <laughs> you're baiting me again. What they want. You I know. Think? I saw. I caught on to you. I'm on to you. So she takes the kid back to her house. She uh, along the way buys the kid a rabbit, and and this is when I started to think of like, why do people need to eat each other if there's rabbits in this world and everything else? But again, she goes back to the house. And I'm like, this Arlen's got a house. She's. Um, I, I yeah. assume there's no running water or whatever, but we find out. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to worry about their shit, man. Oh, you take a dump. Yeah. Income. You take. Oh, so I highlighted two points where I think think your clip is. So when we come to those, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I mention I just them. Unzip my fly, everybody. I, I always try to. Think I did it. I always try to. Uh, start first. <laughs> what what I what I love is we get scooter Momoa. That's what I'll call scooter Momoa. There are motorized scooters, so we're, we're establishing the rules of the land. So there's clearly gasoline. There's clearly electricity somehow. Yeah. There's clearly uh, batteries, an abundance of batteries, and there's clearly a photocopying machine that works. That is plugged into something. Plugged into something. Something. So we're good there. Um, and so he shows up. He's got a scooter, and um, I, I, th this whole scene reminded me of that area in, in Con Air where Garland Green meets the little girl in that abandoned pool because you got in this like skateboarders in the pool. It, it felt adjacent to this. So okay. this could be in the world of Con Air. I watched a little bit of that, that the uh, few nights ago, but it, Did I didn't really? see, but that That's scene funny. wasn't part of it. Um, so Momoa is, is um, trying to find his daughter, obviously. He's got a scooter. And is this where he meets the hermit? Yeah, so he... he Goes to the junkyard there, the toxic junkyard where he knows they went, and then he finds, you know, he finds his wife dead, but his daughter's nowhere around. Yeah. And then cut, cut to him. He sees the hermit over there digging in a pile, and he waves him over to him. Yeah. And then I love this exchange between the two of them. Yeah. And again, Jim Carrey. Uh, at this point, so I recognize. Is this where you recognized him? Oh, yeah, him? Okay. Recognized him. Uh, no dialogue. He speaks through kind of grunting, yeah. but they they transact, they communicate. And so, um, I, want, I want to interject just a quick point. She got the most flamboyant, talkative actor probably of all time to do a minor role in her movie and not say a single word. Yeah. All, all from her first film, The Little Black and White, a girl walks home alone at night. Well, I'm sure. Am I doing enough promo for her? Sure yet? Took, Am I doing okay? You know, there's a handshake involved, a lunch. Well, I don't know what he was. He got paid, but to, and he hasn't done a movie in a long time. And he he's you know he's great. I like older Jim Carrey. I like everything he does. But he in in, in without saying anything in response to J understanding Jason Momoa wants to find the daughter. Jim Carrey says, well, you got to draw me first. He doesn't say it. Or no, Jim Carrey indicates to him that <laughs> On his drawing should, pad. Yeah. should draw him because <laughs> that's what makes the, the mom slip, I think. She's reaching for a mirror, which made me think, interesting. There's, you don't see mirrors, so these people must not know what they look like. So I thought Jim Carrey did not know what he looked like, and this was his yeah. first way of doing it, Yeah, which exactly. was pretty cool. And then he says, he, he writes... And I don't know why it takes him so goddamn long to, you know, it's it's like the end of a fish called Wanda. The car, the car, he just write it down. Um, he writes, find comfort. Yeah, which is what the sign says in the very beginning yeah. when she leaves the prison. And this is where, you know, the movie took 
that kind of bizarro turn that some people may not be on board for. I, I was, you know, we have the, what would you call it? In comfort, the carnival rave set with a the, hip DJ. The burning man. That because had, yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to tell you that the, the, um, the box, the boom box yeah. is from burning man. Oh, she like she, she was on a, doing an acid trip at Burning Man and saw that boombox and went up to those people and said, I want to put this in a movie. And that was like years ago. And they're like, cool. So she did it. You may have <laughs> just isolated half of the people who listen to our podcast. Isolated? Or rejected? Or, or turned them off? I, I did. Well... Burning Burning Man? Man I don't fans. even know. It's, is that a music? Uh, I'm it's a music festival. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um so, well, it definitely had that feel because you have to wonder how is how are they getting power to this 300-foot-tall boombox that a DJ's in, DJ Jimmy. 300 feet. That's 100 Oof. yards. It's not that bad. It's happening, man. And, and um, again, you've got plenty of power, so things are going well and, and comfort. And, and, you know, you have the ambient crowd and weirdness in the background, but everybody's yeah. going, the dream. They're waiting for the dream. And all that crowd is real people that live there. That it feels authentic, but again, yeah. doesn't feel that dirty or smelly to me. Weird. And so if you curiously, Jim Carrey's not credited. But Momoa, Jim Carrey, everybody else is. They don't credit him? No, he's not credited. Oh. So that's why it's fun that that he's there, but we have this reveal like you know who's coming. That's that's when you have a big name. It's kinda like in a way it's a bummer. Yeah. Who's gonna be who? Whatever. Yeah. It, it didn't really matter. If Momoa was the dream, in a way, it, it, you know, you could do kind of like a like a mix and match with, with the characters. And I do have a question about that uh, in a moment. But um, there is some sort of uh, religious cult leader of this place called The Dream. It gives that feel. And uh, so, oddly different than most of his wardrobe choices, because this dude is always head to toe in black, which yeah. is. So since we're in the future right now. And the dream has walked out in his pristine white clothing with his Uzi bearing harem. I want to present to you that that is Jesse. Jesse? Trailer Park Jesus. Oh, okay. In the apocalyptic future. I forgot his name was Jesse. That's Jesse. Okay. Little twilight music in the background. That's cool. Do, 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 do. That's awesome. Because what does he give out? After, well, yeah, yeah. After yeah his we one find list. that he is financing in a way, if commerce in that fashion even exists. Yeah. So we've got this rave and and DJ Jimmy, and he goes on with DJ Jimmy, and they're giving hits of LSD out like it's a sacrament, you know, body of it's like communion, body of the dream yeah. for you. They're all lined up like, and they put it on the tongue just like yeah. you would in communion. I thought that was kind of creepy, actually. But. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and Arden decides to to take a hit which seems like it's a first time for her which is interesting you know like she's ready to kind of give up a little bit not give up but let her guard oh, down well, a she's ready bit. to to yeah go on a trip yeah. yeah and 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 you know it's like an escape right so she takes it and so this did you know knowing that you did a trilogy i i was trying to find these links i didn't take that one about about jesse but the acid trip so i'm going okay because the acid trip stuff in Trailer Park Jesus was super fun. Yeah. This was not as jovial. This was much more of the visual effects and the voice was yeah. like, Where's the girl? Where's that yeah. kid? 
It's bad so, stuff, but it was still pretty fun. I thought that was cool. Yeah. And she ends up, as you do, in the desert, peering up at the sky. And, and that some of that, the cinematography there was really cool. Yes. But her voice told her to go for a walk, to yeah. leave comfort. Yeah. And you're like, don't go out in that desert. <laughs> That's what I was. I was like, do not go out there. Uh, you know, in a way, she's, you know, she's lost half of herself. Maybe this is some kind of way to find it again or what have you. I was trying to be like you, man. I really was. Did you hear that? Yes. And the way she was in a higher plane, the way she's crept up upon because oh, there's a figure who, and uh, it turns out to be uh, Miami man, our, our guy, Jason Momoa. And this is an interesting scene because she is tripping hard. Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to make a personal confession. You ready? When they were showing the, this whole scene and especially the ones with, when Momoa was in the background and, and you know how like he would turn and his head would like follow him like boop, boop, boop mm -hmm. in that scene. The one time I, the one time, the last time I spoke to join, I think, I think it was the very last time I'm, a, I'm like probably I'm in high school. I want to say 10th grade. Yeah. And me and me and a good friend of mine, we're take you know, we ride the bikes to school and he, li he lights one up and I'm like, all right. So I hit this thing. My first three classes were exactly like this scene, and I haven't touched that shit since. So I now three know classes that worth. That's a, I was in third hour, and it was still happening. That's like good, that's a good long haul. People's voices were like the fate exactly oh, like no. this scene. Yeah, that's rare in a and way. So maybe it had to be laced with acid. Get, you know, that like, joint, right? Can you do that? Yeah, that's. Oh yeah, you absolutely can. Well, that's so, yes. what that fucking happened to me, and I haven't touched it since. Interesting. Well, I was gonna say it, that's rare to have you know hallucinatory experiences with. It looked just, just like that scene. So the acid cannabis, trip, so. and she's wow. she's doing this from experience because well, she's glad you made it through, man. Well, and you haven't since. That's why the know, episode almost, when we get you nice and stony, it took um, will oh. be such a triumphant return. So Ryan is trying to get me to do an edible and then do the podcast. Or you know, you can you can do, email do, do us flour. if you want to hear that. I, I'm not a proponent of it. <laughs> or a Facebook message, but you know. I, for but I, I I'm willing to if we get enough fan response, I'm willing to give it a shot. Now I do drink two occasionally three beers during uh -oh. the podcast just to give you a reference point so i have no idea what a little edible oh, that ryan would I'm feed me would do up. and i'm a little this scared this is all happening Are you sure well what i what i like about this scene is momoa is there you think she is dead meat this is revenge and it's, oh, yeah. it's a long scene this is another one that you know i think it, it it was interesting because it, it, arguably the love story in this movie is theirs, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's it gets hers. a little thin. It's, her, it's more hers. But he eventually just ends up in front of her. She is tripping like like no other. You're big. And so, I, yeah, I wondered. And lays her like, head on his sexual, chest. Very the whole, But the sexual. whole time you're like going, yeah. it's like. Do you think inadequate guys, Jaws. you know, uh, like just insecure guys listen to the audio of that scene? over and over to make themselves feel better because she's just like you're so big no that would be worse for them you're because so... they don't look none of us would look like jason momoa all right well it, it's it's very sexual thanks for reminding me she puts her head to his and her, yeah his and chest it's, to it's, listen to his heartbeat yeah it's not aggressive it's kind of a nice scene then you get the 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 sandstorm a sandstorm comes and i, I kind of liked um you know she's completely freaked out and he just casually grabs this 
Oh, this know, is the she, next day. And and no, isn't it that night? No, it's the next day. They're standing he, there all day and all night? All night. No, the next morning she's laying there without oh. her leg. And he's hitting her with her That's prosthetic right. leg and wakes her up and yeah. says, you're going to get my daughter or I'm going to kill right. you. And yeah, then, so then a sandstorm gets him. And then a sandstorm and, um, hits and then they're together looking at calmly, each other. You know, yeah. Puts it over and there you go. That was kind of cool. Having a little notebook moment there. But now we have a moped guy again. And, and a moped guy shows up, and this seems to be a theme, just mopeds appearing from the Yeah, from a bad guy. I, what name did I give him? Did I give him a name? Yeah. He, he, had, he was like... He re, he reminded me in a weird way of Sid Haig, I thought, you know, bald with a beard, kind of like, you yeah. know, like painted up Captain Spaulding, just messed up looking person. Yeah. Oh, but I, he shows up, and this is where you f- see the first bit of commerce in that he... Uh, just says, I, I want to trade you for that leg. Yeah. That's his word, trade you for and that leg. Throw some, some gas down. He drops, and like, drops oh, okay. the thing of gas down. And, yeah. you know, there is a a very long consider, consideration period that yeah. Jason Momoa, his character, thinks conservatively for three hours. The yeah. next three hours of this movie is him thinking about this and next move. Yeah, and that's all That's all her direction. You know, that's just how she wanted it. And he, it goes on he thought it was quite time. a challenge to not say anything and just have to ooze out, you know, the yeah. feeling. I mean, I, I went downstairs to refill my uh, the honey roasted peanuts. Like, from downstairs, <laughs> I w- went to Jess, like, still look, it's still thinking. <laughs> is, he, is his eyebrows still pushed yeah. together? Yeah. Is he... and uh nope still thinking but he thinks for a long time and he decides to go for the trade now if his end game was to cleaver this man to death to begin with why the charade because the guy grabs her makes a big fuss and yeah and i'm freaked out at that point i'm like oh god she's gonna get chopped i thought the same thing i thought this guy's stone cold yeah he doesn't want to Get his yeah. daughter back, maybe. I don't know. Well, if it wasn't for his daughter, he would have just ate her, ate him, yeah. ate her himself. So he has one throw. His knives are his thing. He has knives. And he takes one throwing knife, bam, and then he takes this cleaver out and yeah, kills this guy. So cool side note, those are his knives, and he does throw them. Oh. That's a thing he does. When she went to interview him in Atlanta, yeah. he was in the backyard with his bros, as she put it, and they were throwing knives at a big block of wood. So he brought his own knives and that cleaver, the meat cleaver that he does all his work with, yeah. that's that's an antique meat cleaver that's his also. Jesus. Well, that's so dedication. He's, he's a bad the, he's a, he's a bad boy. He's, and he's recently single. So good for oh, uh, all those he ladies was married? out there. Lisa Bonet. For a long time. They and, seem to be the sweetest couple in the world. And now, anyway. Okay. Shame on us. Look at us. TMZ here. Seen yeah. <laughs> out. Single Jason Momoa. Just looking to swing. Um, well, is that the sexual component that you were? We find, yeah. <laughs> just, not to try. And we find um, a little bit about his backstory. He, he, he starts to speak more. And it's 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 where it, well, it is what it is. Well, and, she asks him, what's your deal? Yeah. yeah. And he says he's an illegal. He was, he was busted for. Now, here's. The What's accent. happening here? The accent. She no, not is the having accent. in general. Uh, what is what she, is happening? She is, as the director put it, a young dumb girl. She's having. A, she's oh, no, a, no, she's all a this. juvenile. She's having a no totally kind of crush moment. Like, what's your deal? She's trying to get to know him. Totally understand what is happening in the movie. 
Like he's he was an illegal alien. He was deported. Yeah. And that's what's wrong. That's why they and threw him what, in the desert. What did she do? Like, what is happening? They didn't say what she did. So. You mean to get thrown into yes, the desert? What is happening? Because I thought he had to be a, a like, you know, the the going back to Con Air or uh, Danny Trejo character. I mean, like Johnny ninety five or whatever. He had to be some mass murder. And he's, I'm like, he was in the country illegally, and that's why you're yeah. here eating people. And you know he. But then I see. Did you see the Scarface parallel? Because this whole thing, he lives under a bridge, and he came from Miami. Oh. And, Oh, and then like, what did you do in Miami? He's like, oh, I tattooed. I'm not even going to try to do it. Tattooed, <laughs> construction, you know, a bunch of other stuff. Like, really? You're in Miami just doing this and that, tattoos, and away yeah. he goes. Yeah, he showed up on a boat. So when he said he did tattoos, and then she gets excited and starts showing him all her tattoos. So I think we've only mentioned it very few times, but we are in Traverse City, Michigan, the cherry capital of the world. And when she showed the cherry, the two dangling cherry tattoo on her breast there, I'm like, that looks like cherry festival. That looks like the symbol for cherry festival. So I thought that was, I'm going to give us that reference. So we have that July 4th, every year we have one of the biggest festivals in Michigan and upwards of a million people come through Traverse city for cherry fest and our girl, Arlen, is advertising on her breast. Where is my cut of this Cherry Fest money? We are, Did we're going to send you I'm, a check I'm for working that? for a sponsor, baby. I, they're out there. They're listening. Oh, man. We are local right. and homegrown I'll people. I'll start talking about Cherry Fest when you send me a check to do so. Oh, no. You got to give working before you get. Right now. You got to give before you get. Um, then the tattoo uh, conversation... <laughs> Is, is, is good because um, it shows her resourcefulness because she gets up close and gets one of now we know Jason Momoa's actual knives. And, you know, there's another standoff because they had the sexy standoff when they're in the desert. Standing stand off sexy. Now they're having the like, come at me, bro, standoff where he's like, do it. And well, he's, she's pushing the knife into his belly. Yeah. OK, that's the I don't know whatever standoff and then he's shot out of nowhere which was a great little bit of cinema yeah because i'm thinking oh he had a gun and shot her yeah no wait did she she had a gun shoot him you just it was was like neither of those he was shot by a third party yeah which was pretty cool it was and he's shot he's left for dead and this another person who you're like oh shit oh no it was it was the the previous uh no it's a different guy this is a new um you're like oh shit this yeah. is bad, bad, bad. But it's not because he just takes her back to comfort because yeah. he had some business. He's a dude from comfort and founder. And, yeah. um, so this is when you start to realize that there's animosity between the Momoa camp and the comfort people. Yeah, because they which eat is, them. you know, completely <laughs> sussed out in Keanu Reeves' groundbreaking monologue later in the film. Wow. Wow. So she wakes up in comfort and this is the first time you realize like she wants out she wants out and you have this kind of aftermath of the dj party which i think is fucking yeah. hilarious the neon boom box is a little less lit yeah. and there's just like papers so at some point everybody's like well well i guess we're done it's and the they day after the first. party yeah <laughs> like the rave everybody is and, that you know, what they call it a rave yeah okay. but you know they're just sleeping off that lsd hangover 
And this is where it all made sense to me. And I had that moment because I'm thinking, this is the Matrix. And what if the Jim Carrey character, because he keeps popping in as this like benevolent creature. So what if he's the architect and this is just in everybody's mind or he has created this whole world. He runs it. He's the president. And he's like an agent that doesn't kill you in the dream. Neo has been corrupted and he's turned into the dream. He's trying to get everybody to be into the dream and you can't be in it unless I'm in you. Oh, I love it. All so, of these Uzi guards you talked about are yeah. hilariously pregnant women, all of them. Yeah, a la Fury Road. Exactly. And, yeah. So I just like, at this point, I thought, what if there's got to be more than just this one <laughs> puppet master? What if it was all some construct? Okay, so please email us at littleindependentpodcast.com and tell us if he... Littleindependentpodcast at gmail.com. Sorry. If... <laughs> Jesus, if he is Neo in the future, or if he is well, Jesse in that, the future, now that there's a new Matrix movie, that whole theory is blown. But no, but we both presented a, we both presented a uh, a theory there, and so I'm curious. So I'm thinking Jim Carrey is running the whole thing. He's like a President Snow type of character, maybe, but not. Yeah. It's the complete opposite. He just pops in to affect he, it. He is save the one people. pulling all the strings. Okay, even the dream. Um, I'm, I'm clearly Are you disappointed wrong. that. No. Okay. Um, but what he does do is he he finds Jason Momoa's character, nurses him back to health, which I like that. Um, How about when he captures that crow? Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good, clearly what they're eating around the campfire. Well, that's what Jim Carrey eats. So he doesn't eat people. Yeah. I, I like that. And this is when you have Arlen and you cut to her photocopying. Like it's in, you know, the back room of, of yeah. an office these I, have you seen me posters i underlined it in my notes copy machine question mark yeah like what the hell <laughs> and the girl is you know she's still on this mission to find the girl because she's yeah. made this connection with momoa's character and, and all that kind of stuff and he said i'll kill you if yeah. you don't find the little girl but, you know he's left for dead she doesn't even know he's alive at this point right but he's, she's still doing it he's not really a threat which yeah. you know you could be a little flimsy but from what you know about her but i think that's kind of a, a like a sweet yeah. bit. Oh, yeah, a little maternal instinct these, going on. Now you get the the blessing of Giovanni Ribisi back in our lives. And he's just going crazy again. And now <laughs> I'm switching to he's the architect. Oh. Because it's always the sneaky, you know, it's yeah. the crazy, and like an exam. Unusual suspects. Yeah, exactly. So like exam, usual suspects, exam, episode four, another pretty good episode, I think. Um it's it's the crazy so i'm like oh he's gonna be all of a sudden so because why show him again yeah there's no reason but um that's when i saw the sign in the back when he's doing his rant and it says this isn't real so again there's signs all over but that one and i'm like okay <laughs> it's him here it is him, him and he's just affecting the reality of everybody around him so wow. that was a, fun what a different run. movie it would have been like that so now we're, we're coasting towards, I guess, the third act of the movie and, and, and how it concludes. But I like how she figures out that the kid is, has been taken because, you know, the bunny, the kid loses the bunny and the kid's been taken by the dream. Well, she's sitting there in the harem in white, the pure white T-shirt harem walks by and the girls, the little girls with them. And then and she yeah. just follows them right back to their house. So it's it, and it you know, they show the kid living with the dream not bad 
pretty nice house. There's well, some shit bathtub. going on. Holy the bathtub, crap! Gold spigots. She's eating spaghetti. There's yeah. just they're all tons of pot dressed in white, harvested super clean. and made with those big buds that so, he was harvesting. Well, yeah, from a from a, a weed standpoint, yeah. I will say there the the amount of plants that they had not enough. To produce all those buds that had laying there. Okay. I mean, maybe there must from, be a whole field somewhere. Saw, but yeah, they're, 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 well, they're growing tomatoes for, in basil for the spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but so what we find is Keanu Reeves as the dream, who those glasses, the mustache, please watch this movie um, just for this alone. But he is kind of financing in a way. Or keeping everybody in in servitude, as so you think, yeah. with pills, LSD, and weed. And again, uh, trailer park the Jesus. weed looked pretty good. <laughs> um, and and so he's, it starts to come. He, he he's just an opportunist, right? You see a lot of these movies, um, and it's people in the apocalypse who just took the took the opportunity. Yeah. And my favorite example of this is Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, a movie. Uh, you know, a lot of people compare this to Mad Max, but Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, Tina Turner's speech about who she was before yeah i was nobody and now she i i love that kind of stuff okay and i totally see so that yeah i assume he was a plumber ran a <laughs> sanitation company and that's why he's the dream or he's an engineer yeah something because he's intelligent he, yeah he's very intelligent it's and like, it's 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 the, the fact that he has come to prominence. He has this house. He lives in, in luxury. Everybody else doesn't, but they're placated by drugs, so they're not rising up against yeah. him. So I've got it highlighted right here, Ryan. As you, oh my God, bitch. I'm getting goosebumps. You're pulling, is, out your, you're pulling out your phone. This is live, ladies it. and gentlemen. I cannot believe it. Look, in writing, see this? Yeah. Look, clip. And what does it say right next to it? <laughs> when you shit. Am oh I right? Oh, my God. It, did I nail it? Y yes. You're, you're, I can't believe it. It only took 31 episodes. I did it. Holy cow. I, I nailed his uh, clip. Okay, sorry. A this little self-gratification there. <laughs> Stay well, with us, people. Well, don't, don't leave. No, what does it say? Um... Wow. Okay. Yeah, that, that was that was Rambo. Don't leave. Don't, when the helicopter flies away, it leaves him there. Yeah. Sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> so why he he's very kind to to our lead, and um, so again, but there's so much menace in what you see from Keanu Reeves. Now, Keanu Reeves explains, and I think that the reason he is in power is because he has figured out how to make a toilet happen for everybody. <laughs> so he he starts to talk about what happens when you shit and um this is a stunner this yeah. is a uh, i, I and, mean in that mustache if, what do you think of the mustache oh, it's, it's amazing okay i if i ever auditioned for a movie if it ever if i ever i'm gonna memorize this is the monologue i'm gonna audition for the, I, I want this read at my funeral you're not gonna do um the Andy Sedaris, uh, nope. The, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but so this is him talking to Arden about, uh, what he's given and why he is great. And this is amazing. Cows stand in their shit. They stand in their shit. Because they're cows. Pigs stand in their shit. Because they're pigs. Misbehaving humans been making hamburgers out of my sons and daughters. 
because I won't let that happen. I got each and every toilet and comfort taking that shit from all your little asses. I'm sending it down the pipes till it reaches a place where no one thinks about it and no one smells it. Ain't that nice of me? And he takes a hit off of his pipe. You know that wa- all that water dripping yeah, in the background is the pool and a waterfall. Yeah, I mean, he's got like he's a, living well. He's in a robe. He's got, he's got, got like slippers. a Roman yeah. Caesar empire going on. And it's it's prefaced by the fact that he didn't want his kids. And and I don't you know because it's it maybe hard to hear in the clip, but you know he he says his sons and daughters, and yeah, I think he lays claim to everybody as his sons uh, be, and daughters. Yeah, I don't he, know. He called, and I I actually never heard that until just now, yeah. where he says. Turning them into cows hamburger. or hamburger. Yeah, so I never, I didn't yeah. hear that. So and thank you for that. It, and it's you know, it's like he has loathing for those who stand in his shit. Yet he, you know, cherishes a hamburger. I love that. Um, but what what is all equally menacing is after he the conversation about the tomato and the seeds, yeah. and it's scary as all shit. And he does a great job. Now, what I'm curious about is if there was role swapping at all at any point with the, these cameos. Let's say between Giovanni Ribisi, Jim Carrey, and um, and Keanu Reeves, were the parts up for grabs? Were they, mm. you know, and I'm sure they made of them what they were, but what if it was Jim Carrey yeah. as the dream? What if Giovanni Ribisi? Well, they, she, I, I do know the answer if that. She does. She did go after each of those specific actors um, on her own, and they. So she went after Jim Carrey for the Hermit, and she went after Keanu. Okay, so they as were a cult leader, and they. But they didn't know who she was, so they watched her first film. Then right. they read the script. They, they didn't know. And set them in. They. She envisioned them for those roles, right? It wasn't like I'll do this, yeah. I'll do that, right? Which w- was an interesting thought to me. This monologue. By Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah. Or I could see by Jim, Carrey. Jim Carrey and Giovanni switching out, well, but no, I can't I could see, see anybody but I could Keanu see Jim Carrey doing that. Because he is the, the elder statesman, I guess, of the group. I think he's older, at least, than Keanu. Yeah, if he was all cleaned up and dressed in white, he could. they're, they're so talented actors, they and could easily deliver it. I wonder if he it. wasn't chosen for that because he would have been too fucking Jim Carrey. Like, is he too... <laughs> Are you just waiting for him to be like, that's not Snowflake? You know, oh, righty then. Yeah. Here's your LSD. That's not Snowflake. So I, I just, I, in movies like this, you know, when you find the, the backstory, I think that's kind of interesting, but um, I love that. And he ultimately asked her, why do you want to leave? Why do you want to leave? What do you want? And she looks around and says, I want what they have, meaning his pregnant and, Uzi guards. And I loved how because after watching it the second or third time you know you know what she's up to and i love how she played that so innocently like she's so in awe of yeah. keanu and i want what they have yeah. i want to be one of your disciples at this point, you know it's bullshit and then and all she's trying to do is and then you yeah. find out when she pulls her leg off and pulls the gun out yeah, yeah. and again i it's it's Great fun filmmaking because she opens the bottom of the foot, which yeah. just must smell horrendous. The whole, everybody must smell bad. I, I know they must. They don't look it, but that whole thing must just reek to high heaven. Yeah. But she 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 busts the kid out, and yeah. it's a pretty funnest little escape. Yeah. She grabs one of the pregnant Uzi guards and and gun, gun right, right at to her the gut, stomach, right at her belly, oh my God. right at the womb, and gets into one of the faster than light speed golf carts. 
and it's plausible, and, and it's kind of funny. What the, do they call it? A land? What is loop a, drive? The uh, land, the speed. land speeder. Yeah, yeah, land speeder. Okay. And it, you see this later. It's like a Rolls Royce custom go or golf cart. <laughs> or, or a Bentley or something. Well, that's only what he would. Yeah. So drive. it was it was geared up. The dream was taking good care of himself, and she says, <laughs> you know, lay off me or until we get to the gate. And she wants yeah. to just spring herself and the girl. And and maybe it's delayed. She wants to go back into the shit. She doesn't like shit free living. Yeah, I guess so. Crazy. And it, or she it's wants a to get some of that Momoa. A, I think yeah, she wants to get some of that uh, that that island love. The Miami man. Yeah. And she, um, you know, makes her way to the to the gate. They get out and <laughs> I love that was brilliant. <laughs> there's a and, and there's this funny, you know. I wonder if it's the just kind of late, latent kind of lethargy from just tons of drugs, because he Keanu kind of comes. He's still in his bathroom. He's like, "Where are you going? Is this really necessary? Yeah, you don't need to do this." And yeah, nobody's hustling that hard. Like if they wanted to stop her, they would have stopped her. So out she goes, and Momoa. Uh, back in with the uh, with the team, and I think the most '80s ending I have ever seen in the 2000s. I, in the 2010s, yeah, this really that song playing at the end reminded me for some reason of something in the air tonight by Phil Collins. Oh, there was a melody that kind of, and they just kind of all sit down by the fire, and yeah, he's, they kill the rabbit. Well, the, the pet little, rabbit, the little girl screaming for spaghetti. Oh, she wants spaghetti. Yeah, yeah and, and, and her first words, right? Yeah. yeah. And the reality is, there's no spaghetti outside of those walls. So he just, like, all right, you're hungry. He grabs a rabbit from her. So the end totally perplexed me because yeah. I'm like, what a little shit. The, this girl's first. She's used to the lap of luxury already. Yeah. What a little shit. I yeah. want spaghetti, and then he's like, this is happening. Yeah. There this goes the bunny. You want to eat? Here you go. And the last shot is of her crying. Yeah. Eating her rabbit. Yes. Jason Momoa and Arden gazing at each other lovingly uh-huh. as the camera pans slowly back like an 80s movie with an 80s song and we're done. Okay. So it took me, yeah, three times of watching it to come up with a theory on that. Um, so when she says the line, what if all the things that happen to us uh, happen so that all the things in the future or can happen next. When she says that line to him, you know, that's her like big come on to him. She wants to, she's got a bad boy crush. And uh, what Anna Lily did say, this was a dark fairy tale and fairy tales. end, you know, with boy gets the girl, a girl gets the boy in this case. Yeah. And they're just staring at each other, contemplating their future. Cause she gave up, all that luxury. It's it's a to, dark to ending. get the this, bad boy. This is, but it's dark. One of the more, I think, and in, in, in even all the reviews, nobody's talking. This is a one of the bleakest endings of a movie I've ever seen. She made like a huge decision. The, 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 the kid crying, eating its own bunny. Yeah, the only thing it emotionally ever probably connected to. And Keanu said when she left, the last thing he said to her was, "What whatever you do, Keep take that, care of this take rabbit. Care of that rabbit. Yeah. yeah so he knows just another shot, yeah. shot in the gut." Well, this was an interesting ride to watch the second time. I had so much fun. I was up. I was down. You know, it was super fun. Uh, reviews. Did you write anywhere I'm depressed in your notes? Uh, like, no, no. Like, definitely okay, never good. Because 
you, you know, with yeah, you, Winner's Bone, you wrote it five times. <laughs> um, one th- there, so in the ne- there are a lot of negative reviews, lots. It's oh, yeah. not very well, I guess, reviewed. Um, a lot of consistencies. People, the people who didn't like it, it was boring. They didn't understand it. There's no dialogue. Yeah. And it in this, you know, they I know want, this. They want Aquaman. You, they want. Well, no, it's just how did these huge actors sign on to this garbage or how did they get or how much blah how far did they stoop and again okay that's fine yeah and um, i obviously obviously i disagree but yeah. uh they're you know there's it, it, there's i get it it's a slow one, burn one, it's artistic one, one thing that i really really honed in on though um is somebody in one of the reviews um said the the main character was she had her Right arm and right leg cut off, leaving her erotically disabled. <laughs> oh my god! Because did you, know, you, she, did you write type that one down? Uh, erotically disabled. Yeah. Oh my god! I was like, I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah. And and again, she is a little. She's not sexualized in the movie, but and I've said it's a very sexual movie. All the undertones. Yeah. Well, but she, yeah. she does feign at one point to either need to or whatever, but er- erotically disabled. Um, so here is, I'm going to start with our bad review, um, and it's titled, it's a one out of 10, uh, from IMDb and it's titled a wonderful holiday movie for all families. What? (laughs) My family watched this movie over the Christmas holidays. It's a heartwarming story of a little girl named honey who was cared for by a young handicapped woman, Arlen, after the death of honey's mother. Honey is later taken away from Arlen and unlawfully adopted into a wealthy foster family because the family assumes they can provide Honey a better life and comfort than Arlen can. After much turmoil and struggle, Arlen manages to get custody of Honey back again, rescuing her from the domineering foster family. But shortly thereafter, Honey's father suddenly shows up again, and we assume this means Honey will once again be taken from Arlen. But the best part of this touching movie is its happy ending. The handicapped Arlen and Honey's father form an unexpected, strong, loving relationship. And after all the hardship and emotional stress, Honey finally has a happy family and lives in comfort with her father and Arlen. Suki Waterhouse puts in a superb performance as Arlen. But what is truly amazing is how real her amputee handicap and prosthetic are made to look through special effects. Jason Momoa does a good job playing Honey's father. He's depicted in this film as a man with a slight speech defect and eating disorder. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Keanu Reeves plays the head of Honey's temporary foster home. He plays a dreamy, wealthy, but strange ladies' man who is obsessed with the plumbing and his luxuri- large, luxurious estate. I think this movie will become my family's new favorite Christmas movie, replacing It's a Wonderful Life. I re- recommend it as a traditional holiday movie for all families. Wait, that was a bad review? Not. Kidding aside, the following is my real review. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You got me. <laughs> On a talent scale of 0 to 10, I'd put Anna Lily Amirapour at about minus 5. Daring to call herself a writer or a director and call this movie is an insult as much as a joke. All right, please email me his name. Anyone involved in writing, directing, or producing this pathetic puke and daring to call it a movie should be prosecuted for fraud. Ed Woods could rise from his grave and sue these people for slandering his profession. This is not a movie. Anna Lily Amirapour is not a movie director or a screenwriter. The actors in this rot have wiped out any and all credits that they may have previously accumulated. They've reset their resumes back to a blank sheet and their slates back to zero. It's not that I have something against dystopian films. I always say that a great movie can be made of any subject. They've made by talented artists and professional filmmakers, but you need talented professionals. 
Literally and truly, I would hire any of the dozen five and six-year-olds on my block to write a screenplay or direct Ugh. a movie before I'd pay Anna Lily Amirapur a dime. At least the kids would provide some degree of intelligence. I, I'm really holding oh. back. I am really holding back. I just want to say that it's not for everybody. If you're a country music fan and I played you a beautiful jazz song that had an incredible chord progression to it and amazing soloing over it that you couldn't even dream to understand or take the time to learn how to do, um, I could understand why you wouldn't like that. I just sat back and let that. I just wound him up and let him go, everybody. <laughs> um, so I don't know if that was a joke. I mean, they really spent that that time. I, I, I've been gearing up for most of the day to get through that whole thing and to try to hook you a little bit. And I, was, I feel like, was did brilliant. I get you? I, I, got you I, was, I was reserved. I, you know, it's the polo shirt that, that helps me. Okay. Uh, and here is you, our... Because I am the dragon, as your coffee mug says, right? Uh, you have to hawk. call me, you must yeah, call you me dragon. Call me, That's what it I, says. I, your mug, yeah. Yeah. So our a positive review, this is a 10 out of 10, uh, also from IMDb. Entitled, If You Don't Like This Movie, You'll Love Avengers 17. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, that's a snarky is this, a good, this is a good review, right? Oh, yes, it is. Okay. You know what? If That would be masterful. I'm not that smart. I'm not that creative. You did to have pulled, three. To Once have upon pulled a time. like a full reversal. No. Okay. Uh, but this is real. That is the actual title. Uh, a wonderful... Oh, sorry. It's um, a wonderful life. If you don't like this movie, you'll love Avengers 17. Really blows me away to see the total lack of appreciation for an original film that makes you think with your head as well as your heart. People nowadays have the same attention span as a goldfish with amnesia. <laughs> this film is not just visually appealing, it's methodical, thought-provoking, compassionate, and chaos coupled with conundrum. It's not just gift-wrapped with explosions, action, and played-out storyboards. This is not your average American combo of cinema. For that reason and that reason only, it's why its own rating is suffering. People haven't just missed the mark here. They've completely, they're completely blind to the target themselves. If you can't formulate a single reason why this movie is a standout gem, not only are you unable to think outside the box, you live in it. Nice. So there you go. Big fan. <laughs> Fucking don't like this movie. You live in that box. You're in the box. Avengers 17 is your film. So shove Avengers 17 <laughs> right up your ass. <laughs> you non, yeah. non-intelligent beast. Yeah, it's not for everyone, but it's, uh, you know, you look fun. at a piece of art. I, I, look at, I, had a I look at Pollock it, it, and it, say, it, what is that? The music, the music, the music. I tried to get my Alexa to play the soundtrack to this film. And even if I do it now, yeah. Alexa, play the soundtrack to the movie The Bad Batch. It goes to the Star Wars thing immediately. So Why, Ryan? We don't have that. Yeah. You will listen to Disney's The Bad Batch. You will listen to yeah. Avengers 17, so, I Ryan. see what we're doing. We're, we're skirting yeah. danger uh, yeah, tussling the, with Disney. The but the we do love you. The computers are taking over, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. And, uh, again, email us at a little independent podcast at gmail.com with any thoughts, feelings, ideas, emotions, haikus, poetry, and Todd. Yes, Ryan. We'll always have Monty Doro.
gonna love it. It's just a little in the pipe. Like I'm introducing a movie to you. Like you're about to. Oh. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Just a little independent.